0: Now, the Riverdale Carnival presents the Archie. Archie.
1: Okay, everybody. Here we go with our new hit record, Sugar, Sugar.
0: Sugar. welcome to another episode of milkshakes and mimosas the podcast formerly known as archie's archie fucks and the podcast that was once number 10 on the romanian itunes chart woo, 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 woo. so this goes out <laughs> to all of our romanian listeners thank you for listening uh buna i'm not sure if i said that right or maybe it's bruna I'm not sure, but it says B-U-N-A, that's how you say hi, in Romanian, according to uh, Google Translate, which could be a little iffy. <laughs> if I insulted you, I apologize. I just wanted to notice <laughs> your country and say thank you. Um, yes. So uh, today is going to be a bit of a shorter episode. We're calling this the Manisode, uh, because we're talking about <laughs> Ma, and I thought the pun was hilarious, so I decided to do our first ever mini-showed. Turns out this is actually probably like a good week to do a mini-sode. Everyone's got like 4th of July stuff going on. If you're from Mm -hmm. America, Canada, we had our, uh, you know, Canada Day. And everyone's kind of just slogging back at work. And they probably don't have a lot (laughs) of time to listen to a full three-hour discussion of yet another weird franchise that I've somehow managed to tie into Riverdale. Um, Well,
1: they might be driving back from their 4th of July, you know, events trips and need something to listen to
0: that's true and i'm not sure what's going on in romania this time of year so like maybe <laughs> they are also primed to listen there uh and you heard daisy dead Petals. she's coming to join us hello daisy hello
1: thank you for having me again
0: no thank you for joining us and it's gonna be a smaller cast it's just me and you chatting today
1: it's us holding it down
0: holding it down talking all about the movie ma but before we get to that, how's it going? How's how are things with you?
1: I'm good. I uh I was in our nation's capital uh this week for work, but I am very happy to have left the nation's capital because um Trump is having his stupid parade. I assume this is a uh, you know, an anti-Trump podcast. So <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Yes, Yes. it is.
1: (laughs) But uh, yeah, just uh, I I don't have the rest of the week off like um, many of my fellow Americans. So I have tomorrow off, but just excited to take a little bit of time off for the 4th of July. How was Canada Day?
0: It was uh, it was good. It was good. I wasn't working and I just kind of like did a little walk and I kind of sat inside and watched old monster movies all day. That sounds ideal. It was great. It was great. I, it's it's been a long time since I just kind of sat down and had a movie marathon, so it's uh, it seemed like a seemed like a good idea to just kind of experience life. Well, um, it's funny.
1: Um, most of usually on Fourth of July there's a Twilight Zone marathon on some channel in the U.S., so that's that's an option for me tomorrow. Kind of similar to Monster Movie Marathon.
0: That's true, that's true. I, I wonder if uh, if the new Twilight Zone is doing anything to kind of like tie into this uh, inaugural Fourth of July weekend celebrations I don't know.
1: I mean, there's plenty to, <laughs> we could just relive the 2016 election and that could be an episode of The Twilight Zone on its own.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, woo! <laughs> what fun, fun, happy times to start us in on this episode. Um, <laughs> although, that being said, if you like a little chat before the show, uh, before, be sure to email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com or tweet us at mpodcastm and let us know, because uh, if this is something you like, we can always do a little tit tat before we get into the main topic, uh, considering it won't be an extremely long topic like it has been a little little bit ago. Um, but yeah, and then also, be sure to rank us on iTunes, be sure to That's press right. that great right button and, and do Get a us review. up
1: in uh, Romania and elsewhere. We love Romania and we just want to keep spreading the uh, milkshake and, milkshakes and mimosas in Riverdale love.
0: Exactly. We want to spread all across the world, and uh, doing a review really helps us with that. And if, we will read the reviews online. I'm saying that right now. I'll review, read some of your reviews on air. So if you have ever want to be on this podcast, bah, brrr, there you go. <laughs> yes. So let's get into the topic at hand. That is the movie Maw. Now, I am one who does a lot of stretches, in order to fill certain episodes on this podcast. Uh, I mean, we literally kind of just had a whole month that uh, could probably generously be called a stretch uh, as far as content-wise. But hey, there were some actors and directors involved with both of those franchises. But here, we have a movie, which even in my wildest dreams, I would never have thought to even remotely compare to the TV show Riverdale. And yet, we are talking about it today. We got it. (laughs) We gotta, because there was an article on The Verge that was released the 4th of June, which was almost a month ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the article says, the horror movie Maw does Riverdale better than Riverdale. And this is an article by Jesse Herger. Or I'm not sure exactly how the name is pronounced. My apologies, monsieur. Uh, But this is an odd topic. And I'll be honest, I have not seen the movie Ma. So I brought on Daisy, who has seen the movie Ma. And I kind of want to get her take first on the movie. So we'll first kind of just chat about the movie. And then we'll get into any Riverdale connections you could find. If you squint hard enough. So... (laughs) This will be an interesting interesting episode. Yes. Daisy, what did you think of Ma?
1: So I went into Ma. I, I was planning to see it before we had talked about recording the podcast. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that I get a chance to both watch it for my own pleasure and, you know, to have a legitimate reason to tell my friends why I had to see it. I had to, guys. I had to do it for the podcast. But truth be told, I really wanted to see it myself. Um, I love Octavia Spencer, and I think that she's so good. And this just looked weird and exciting. So... I went in, though, with pretty low expectations just because the setup, you have an older black woman who is called Ma by a group of young white people. And I was really worried about the mammy sort of dynamic that might take place there, wondering and worrying that it was going to be like sort of gross and racist uh but it really turns the mammy trope on its head and i loved that i thought it was really fun um octavia spencer is super chilling and super weird um which is just delightful for for me Alison janney is in it she plays ma's boss in the movie which was a delightful surprise um and in general i thought i think that i don't know i mean it wasn't revolutionary. It used some pretty tired plot devices in terms of, you know, Ma's backstory and why she is the way that she is. But Octavia Spencer really lifted it up and, like I said, I really liked that it turned the, you know, trope or idea of a mammy on its head. And if you can hear me turning pages, I took actual handwritten notes in the movie theater and it was dark so my handwriting is a little crazy but
0: that's okay that's okay I'm 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 down for this the uh the turning of pages is a very is a very important sound I mean <laughs> you you could be making millions of dollars off of ASMR right now just by turning pages <laughs> so I'm sure there's some ASMR ASMRians that's what that's what ASMR fans are called we all know it that wasn't something <laughs> I just made up uh, but yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the uh, racial connotations of the film, because I feel like a lot of people I've seen talking about the movie. Uh, now, full disclosure, both of us are also white, but I but I, I haven't seen anyone really kind of talk or tackle or even discuss the racial elements, So I'm glad you kind of led with that. Uh, I remember I was reading a interview in the latest issue of Grimm uh, Grimm magazine, and it was I was an interview with Tenerive uh, Tenereve Du. I think I, I I may be mispronouncing her name. Uh, her and Ashley Back Blackwell and Tenerive uh, mentioned uh, not did not mention this movie by name, but definitely had a very sly nod to this film uh, when they're talking about. Um, they were doing an interview on the amazing documentary Horror Noir. If you have not seen that, that's a must-see. Uh, but in the uh, interview, they are talking about how just because a character features – sorry, just because a movie features black characters does not make it a black horror movie necessarily. Right. And this is one of the movies that uh, was definitely being brought up in that discussion uh, because there is no one else of color involved in the production of the film from the writing elements to the directing elements other than Octavia Spencer as Ma, So I, I'm glad that you hmm. did br- bring that up. And that was one of my trepidations and kind of interests going into the movie. Um, so, well,
1: I mean, it's interesting because especially what was that movie? I always forget the one where it's like in the South and she bakes a pie and there's shit in it.
0: Oh, the hell. The hell.
1: Yeah. So like, I mean, I feel like the idea of a mammy, especially in American culture of typically a larger bodied, older black woman taking care of in essentially white children is a trope that is gross and it's been around for a really long time. And, So the premise of the movie Ma is that this woman, Sue Ann, ends up buying alcohol for a group of teenagers who are trying to get truly anyone to buy them alcohol, and she does. uh, But then she becomes a little bit obsessed with them, a little bit controlling, um, and just wants to dominate all of their time. And it's weird because she's older than they are, like, a generation older. Um, But instead of being, like, the caretaking mammy older black woman, she's, like, the total opposite of that. She's... A nightmare she's scary and I, I really liked that i thought that it was a neat twist um there is one other character of color one of the teenagers that uh she buys alcohol for is black and at one point in the movie when ma sort of makes her switch official and becomes sort of a terror for these kids um when she's attempting to take out that young black man she says they only need one of us and i guess i i thought that was a really interesting and fun sort of take you know pointing out the racial sort of dynamics. And in the whole small town that this takes place in, I mean, those are, I think, all that I can remember, the two characters of color in the whole movie. So, I mean, I'm happy that they addressed the racial dynamic and that they, I hope, intentionally turned the me trope on its head. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but I enjoyed that.
0: Nice. No, no, no. That's, that, is, uh, that is good. So you overall say that you would probably recommend the film? You think that there's enough to kind of to dig into it to uh, make it worth watching? I would, yeah. Nice, nice. So, let's talk about the comparisons to Riverdale before I kind <laughs> of before I kind of dive in and talk about some of the specific sequences uh, mentioned in the article. Uh, I would be interested to see if this even crossed your mind when watching the film. Did Riverdale at all kind of cross your mind for this movie?
1: It did not. No. <laughs>
0: After experiencing the article, do you think that the comparisons are apt or that it's kind of a non sequitur?
1: I think it's a non sequitur. I think, I mean, the comparis- the only comparison I'm getting is that Ma is a movie that features teenagers doing teenager stuff and Riverdale is a show about teenagers doing teenager stuff. But that doesn't make them, you know, fraternal in my opinion. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it kind of, like, uh, the article talks about both movie and show in the realm of pastiche. Um, Did you find uh, Ma to be kind of, like, referential or pastiche-ish at all? Because it doesn't sound like it is. Like, it sounds like they they use some similar filmmaking uh, tropes, like Brian De Palma elements and stuff like that. But did you actually find this to be a movie that kind of was uh, entrenched in references to the past, filmmaking-wise?
1: No, I mean, there are some, in terms of trauma, there's a little bit of a reference to Carrie, like high school trauma, Ma experiencing high school trauma, and that sort of making her the way that she is. But honestly, I feel like so many horror movies have teenagers drinking and teenagers like, you know, being dicks i i just I, I i and i'm a huge horror person i just didn't find since um i mean referentially in horror or riverdale so for me it, i mean it kind of stood on its own
0: nice nice uh okay how do you feel that riverdale does its uh, pastiches and references are you a generally a fan of the riverdale style
1: So, um, there was a quote that you read to me in the article um, about the writers, about the references being very writer from their generation. Can you read that? Because that really resonated with me, if you have the article in front of you. Yeah,
0: for sure, for sure. I have the article in front of me. And they, there are, it's just kind of, uh, it's a very interesting, the article itself, uh, it does take a while to actually get into the. Uh, meat of the article we'll kind of uh we will obviously link this in the show notes so that you guys can take a read for yourself because it's uh it takes like five uh paragraphs to really kind of get into <laughs> what this is actually about which was uh which was like a little surprising to me And
1: those first five paragraphs are not entirely shitting on Riverdale, but definitely taking a stance.
0: (laughs) Definitely, definitely. So I'll read the uh, paragraph here uh, that is here we're referencing. Uh, So it says, Throughout Ma, even in its bumpiest and pulpiest passages, these kinds of details come through in observable shorthand rather than clunky exposition. The teenager's dialogue is believable rather than, archly heightened on riverdale veronica enters every conversation armed with a series of 80s and 90s pop culture references that are suspiciously similar to those a 30-something tv writer might make
1: that's how i feel about the riverdale references i enjoy them for sure i don't think it's authentically I was a teacher in a past career and, and, you know, kids don't talk like that, (laughs) but they do talk like the kids in, in Ma. So, I mean, I get what the writer is saying and I, I mean, but I don't, I don't disparage the way that Riverdale uses references, you know, like I agree with what he's saying, but I don't, I don't dislike the sort of referential nature of Riverdale's characters. And like, I I like the writing, but I I do recognize that that's not how teenagers talk,
0: (laughs) Right, right. I think that's uh, it's 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 extra interesting because like it seems to me that both films are kind of going for very different tones. Because like the way that you're describing Maw, it sounds like yeah, there are some funny, kind of goofy, crazy elements, but it is still kind of a serious ish horror movie. Or am I kind of uh, picking up wrong there?
1: No, it is. Isn't it's a serious horror movie? There's you know, it deals with some heavy topics, and I feel like. You know, there's some serious body horror and some serious trauma that comes into it. Um, it's much, Riverdale is much lighter and much more sort of fantastical than Ma is. Ma, Ma ventures into, or at least it tries to venture into pretty heavy, serious territory.
0: Yeah, again, like that, it 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 seems odd to compare both of these shows because they're right. going for different audiences and they're going for, well, no, I guess they're going for the same audience. But But the tone is totally different. But the tone seems very different. I mean, the thing about Riverdale is that it is kind of roller coaster as far as tones, right? It's never really a tonally consistent show in that one week they will kind of be having like a fun, like, hey, let's go to prom. It's so much fun. Let's do some dancing. And then the next episode will be like, oh, these flying incest babies, they are our new god. Pray (laughs) to them. Pray to thee. (laughs) uh so i mean sometimes that happens in the same episode because i did joke about them going to prom but that does end in a slasher movie so like i guess there is kind of like a a weird elements in in that regard
1: but right it's an apples and oranges type of thing i don't know why these were compared i'm glad that they were because i'm I'm happy to be talking about both of these topics but i uh it's 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 a stretch
0: how about casting wise like do is everybody in ma like super sexy cw's teens and like when i say that i mean like that's how cw markets uh, right that's not right that. i think it's <laughs> kind of i i personally find the trend uh very weird and kind of disconcerting because like even riverdale like these characters are very sexually active but like and they're also like sexually exploited but the character in question is meant to be like underage So, like, that's why, like, that's a little weird to me. So when I say that, I'm not saying that seriously. But I'm curious about whether or not they're kind of, like, the casting, like, even if the casting looks similar.
1: So what's interesting is that the main group of kids, the ones, you know, that Ma buys the alcohol for in the beginning that are kind of our sort of main Scooby-Doo posse in here, they are... Um, conventionally good-looking, and but they kn- they reference that in the movie. Like those are the hot kids, those are the popular kids. Um, but they do look like teenagers. Like the love interest uh, of the main character, and the main character, like you said, is Maggie. Um, her interest is kind of like a a smaller, slimmer dude. He's got kind of shoulders, and he looks like a teenager would look. He's not like hulked out, bulked out, <laughs> you know, like a college athlete or something like that. And the other kids that show up to the parties in mind, the backgrounds. There's a character who. Um, constantly pretends to be blackout drunk. She's just sleeping so that she doesn't have to actually drink, which I thought was like a really funny thing that someone in high school would definitely do. Um, And she looks very normal. Like she looks like an everyday person. So they're not not hyper-stylized. They are supposed to be sort of the hot kids in school, but that's where it ends. It's not, you know, over-stylized.
0: Right, because I feel like even a character like Ma... Would uh would not be Octavia Spencer if she was in if this character was cast in Riverdale because honestly Riverdale the only character that has like a body type that's a bit outside of the norm would be uh, Barb from Stranger Things right like mm-hmm. uh, Ethel Muggs and like. The show does not treat Ethel Muggs nicely, so right. Uh, I can only imagine if they had done this and had gone with this casting, how problematic uh, Riverdale would have uh, <laughs> would have come. Uh, now the the last topic that I kind of really want to kind of touch down on is is there's a scene that they talk about in this article uh, that that we that involves uh, actress Juliette Lewis. And mm-hmm. I'm curious as to what you thought of the scene. If you could maybe kind of like briefly explain what the scene is that the article talks about and uh, how you think Riverdale would have played a similar scene.
1: Right. So the scene that you're talking about is the scene where, so Maggie is making out on the couch with her boyfriend, the the guy that's the narrow shoulders, sort of like gawky dude that she's been, you know, liking for the past, you know, 45 minutes of the movie. Um, Juliet Lewis is her mom and she is a cocktail waitress at a local casino so she works kind of funky hours and supposedly Maggie wasn't expecting mom to come home for a little while but mom came home early so she's making out on the couch with boyfriend. She has one clip of her overalls over- been sort of you know like they were getting to first or second base whatever um here's mom's car pull up and it's like a mad dash to make it look like they weren't just making out so they sit up really fast like smooth out their hair she buckles her overalls back up um she runs to the kitchen to get some glasses of water to make it look like they were you know just having a nice time sitting on the couch drinking water um and the boyfriend's on the couch uh juliette lewis comes in and is sort of you know very aware of what was just happening and is giving her daughter and the boyfriend a hard time, like, hey, what's up, guys? Why are there pillows on the floor? You know, just sort of poking it around. It's a great scene, and I, I really enjoyed that because teenagers are super horny and gross, <laughs> and they are going to be trying to make out all the time when mom and dad aren't home. Um, and I really like the way that Juliette Lewis's character was upfront but also sneaky in the way that a snarky mom would be.
0: Right, nice, nice, that... That seems like a uh, thing that if it were to happen in Riverdale would probably involve a song. or oh, Definitely a song, yes. Or it would definitely involve, because I can only see that happening with Betty. Like that's the only, like the, uh, like the only analog in the show would be Betty's mom walking in on Betty and Jughead. And then she would be like, Betty, when I was your age, I joined a bicycle gang and I was a bad girl. <laughs> Haven't you seen well, this and- flashback?
1: And this moment on the couch is not tender, particularly. There aren't any meaningful close-ups with the camera. It's just sort of like, oh, these stupid, horny teenagers, Like this is what they're going to do when they're alone. It's not romantic in any stretch of the imagination. It's not even like, you know, do we care about the little romance flooding here? I guess, but it's certainly not central to the plot.
0: Right, where Riverdale would have had many shots of them centrally holding each other and yes. briefly have Jughead describe some crazy fucking thing that just happened in his life. And Betty being like, oh, yeah, my dad's a serial killer. My dad's crazy, too. And then her cult leader mom shows up. It just it's a very odd like there's so much going on in Riverdale, right? Like, I guess this show, I wonder how maybe if you could do a better comparison with Ma. And maybe like season one or like season two of Riverdale back when like it was kind of crazy, but they kind of had one central idea they were tackling each season uh, where I guess like it, it seems like the idea to go with the third season of Riverdale is, uh, is a little odd, uh, at least at least from my perspective, just because there was so much going on there. And the way that the article ends is like this like optimistic view, like maybe just maybe Ma proves that there can, I'm paraphrasing by the way. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> this is not verbatim from the article. Please don't sue me. Uh, but it's basically <laughs> like this idea of like, maybe one day something as beautiful as Ma can happen on Riverdale and Riverdale can survive and thrive and become a <laughs> glorious show. It was meant to be. And I'm like, I, uh, I don't think that's going to happen, man. <laughs>
1: Well, I just, I feel like the expectation is, like, which show are you watching, dude? Like, your expectation for Riverdale should be that you're going to watch Riverdale. It's dumb, and it's fun, and it's here to be enjoyed. But, I mean, if you want, like, serious high-stakes horror-type drama, you're just not going to find it here. And that's okay. You know, but I I feel like this was a pretty desperate grasp at straws to be like, okay, Riverdale just ended. The third season just ended, and we need to compare it to something relevant so that we can get searchable clickable content
0: <laughs> you well yeah i mean like that's fair especially when like half of the article is explaining what riverdale is and then the other <laughs> half of the like the other quarter of the article is explaining what the movie ma is and then yeah. another 10 percent of the article is ripping on the movie jawbreaker and then <laughs> we finally get to the point which again jawbreaker is a wonderful movie yes i think we can agree jawbreaker is pretty great so i don't know why why the hate
1: Sure. Yeah, and tonally, all of these elements are so different. Jawbreaker is different tonally. It's just, I don't know, all things, all of these things can exist in their own right, and I, I wouldn't have thought to compare them.
0: Yeah, yeah, it just seems, it just seems odd. But uh, you know, that's okay. We're gonna keep stretching and keep finding other weird things. <laughs> I would just like to say that as a podcaster, I will at least find sh- some thread to tie the franchise or item or thing that i talk about to archie or riverdale i'm not just gonna start going like hey this has teenagers let's talk about this there (laughs) was a nancy drew movie uh now um heads up we will definitely be having an episode on the new nancy drew show coming to the cw which is happening this year just because Uh, we have to watch it. I feel like uh, I feel like this uh, coming up, we're going to do like a CW watch-a-thon where we try and like pick out a few either pilots or returning shows in the CW to kind of watch and kind of get an idea of what else is out there uh, in the realm. So that's not something you can look forward to. Uh, before we get too far... I love away... some Nancy Drew. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm, I'm pretty pumped actually. Uh, but before we get too far away from everything, uh, I would be interested uh, to just kind of get your final thoughts on on uh on ma what did you think of ma so ma i mean
1: it's been getting a lot of mixed reviews there there are some weird subplots um we haven't mentioned that ma has a daughter that goes to school with these kids that's not revealed until like sort of midway through the movie and there's a weird munchausen by proxy thing where she's trying to make her daughter sick when she's really not it's a little bizarre so that that whole subplot is pretty dumb Um, the parents play a much more sort of present role in the movie than I thought that they would. The parents of the teenagers, which I actually enjoy because I feel like that's a little bit more realistic than having teenagers just exist in the horror universe doing their own thing. So I thought that was kind of fun. Um, But overall, I mean, it's it's a weird movie. It's not perfect, but Octavia Spencer is super creepy in it. I'm glad that she got the chance to do this project. Um, And uh, we haven't mentioned, but it's been mentioned several times, so, in the uh, Slack forums that you and I uh, visit, that there's full frontal nudity, full frontal male nudity in Ma, which is who would have guessed? So
0: Ma goes full frontal. Damn. She, yeah,
1: yeah. There's a um, there's there's a flaccid penis. For for those that were wondering, it is indeed flaccid um, in the movie.
0: But you know, I think that just proves that Riverdale stop being cowards. We all want to see <laughs> K Japa's dong. Come on. <laughs> show it to us (laughs) show it to us i mean i guess you're on the cw so i don't think you can although like uh i wonder if sabrina could do that because sabrina is just like a uh, netflix a netflix show i don't know what netflix actually has in regards to that i don't really watch enough racy material on netflix to figure it out so
1: Mm. well i feel like so orange is the new black that's a netflix original and they show they definitely show nudity there i haven't seen you know full euh, frontal but there's definitely butts and boobs but- so netflix be brave but don't i mean don't show us teenager no 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 So言-
0: no, 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 no. but <laughs> i want to see I, if, we, if we're talking sabrina we want to see uh demon dong that's what we're here, for. we're here for absolutely sabrina demon dong uh anyway <laughs> uh before we get too crazy and too off topic i just want to talk about what we're talking about for the rest of this month uh, in case you want to kind of go along with us to kind of join us for the episodes oncoming. Uh, first off, we're going to talk about what's going to happen at the end of this month, uh, just so you guys can kind of get some more time in it, uh, in to prepare. Uh, we're actually going to be doing a season one uh, retrospective of uh, Riverdale. So kind of uh, talking about uh, rewatching and chatting about the show this season of the show and just kind of uh, go into it like that and I don't know like the idea of kind of seeing where the show is versus where the show has gone uh, sorry where the show is now versus where the show used to be and you know just kind of kind of to discuss everything like that um the other thing that we're going to be talking about is the first two uh, Riverdale tie-in novels uh (laughs) written by Mikel ostau i may be mispronouncing that but next week we are talking about the novel the day before and the week after that we are talking about uh the novel get out of town uh which is the second riverdale novel uh so we're kind of digging into that and by we, I mean it's probably it's going to just be me. I'm probably going to be the only <laughs> one who actually uh, experiences these novels, and I just kind of explain them to whoever I can get on the horn to uh, talk with me. If you have read the novels and want to join us, please email us at milkshakesandmimosas.com uh, Daisy, do you have any plugs before we end the episode?
1: Um, so I'm still doing Thor's Hour of Thunder. Thor couldn't be on today, but um, I do love him, and I love his podcast. Uh, we did... We were doing June Cusack and Joan Lai Cusack to celebrate a month and a half of Joan Cusack movies. Um, My pick for that series was Where the Heart Is, which is just delightful. We also did School of Rock, Adam's Family Values, Gross Point Blank. So there have been a lot of fun Joan Cusack movies. So if you're into any of those, check out our June and Joan Lai Cusack series on Thor's Hour of Thunder
0: wow yeah no that sounds that sounds fantastic you got to listen to that and that podcast is big in zimbabwe we learned today Uh, So there you go we are international podcasters you know it
1: feels so unreal
0: it is it is interesting (laughs) as to what translates but i guess like i can see people picking thor's hour of thunder because like there's like a nordic style and ideal right like that's like more European than just seeing like our power America. Look at all these, <laughs> look at all these American birds flying around. Paul the Eagle. Meow, 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 meow. And uh, I guess since um, outside of America, I believe uh, Netflix has all of the streaming rights to Riverdale. I guess that also makes it that Riverdale um, kind of translates as well. And I did not And yeah, so that's, that's actually how I watch the show. Cause the day after it airs, it airs, uh, it's up on Netflix here. So, cause we don't have the CW, uh, streaming sites or anything like that. So that is a little behind the scenes information on Canada. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, before I do finally do the end of the episode, I would also like to briefly mention, I have another podcast that I'm starting and hey. that is the Derncast which is going to be a podcast exploring all the works of actress Laura Dern. So yeah, so I'm, I'm very excited for that. And uh, I, it's going to be each week. There's going to be me and one other person. Maybe there'll be two other people, depending on how big the movie is and how many people want to talk about the movies. you're gonna have to
1: do like five episodes on jurassic park i was gonna say
0: yeah maybe i'm just gonna have five episodes of people who go i want to talk about jurassic park i don't want to share the i don't share the mic with anyone else i want to talk about jurassic park and then uh three months from now will be me being like please somebody talk jurassic park 3 with me please please let's talk about the kirbys please um but yeah, so that's a new project I have on the go. Uh, I, it will not be out until mid-July. It is. I will uh, throw everyone a bone and let everyone know. So other than that, thank you, Daisy, for joining us. Thank you. Your expertise was great. We had, I think we had a great discussion. I'm glad this article was written because, hey, it gave us an extra episode this month. So ba ba bam. bam, bam.
1: Yeah,
0: Banks. thanks. The Verge, is that where it yep. came from? The Verge. Shout out. Shout Thank out to you. The Verge. Uh <laughs> feel free to interview us all about so you can link back to your own art no, I'm just kidding. Uh anyways, until next time email us at milkshakes and moses at gmail dot com. Rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at M podcast M. And you know, just well look at some into the stars. Look into the stars and look into your heart and go. <laughs> I should rate that show five stars so I can hear my review read. And, yes. uh, yeah, you know, help us get up on those charts. Other than that, thanks for joining us, Daisy. And as always, blame the CW. <laughs> okay, perfect. I think we're good. Yeah.